Hello there, and welcome to KDL's Stump the Librarian podcast, where your friendly neighborhood librarians put their research skills to the test to answer questions from you, the listener, or your grandma, your pet goldfish, um, your best friend twice removed. I'm joined today with my co-host, Emily. What's up? Hello. Hi. How you doing? Oh, you know doing so what's new with you this week oh my goodness so um last podcast we introduced everybody to our dogs yes so one of my dogs molly is actually a puppy a giant puppy um she's four months and 50 pounds well they think she's four months because she was adopted so they're they're kind of guessing there um mm-hmm. but yeah she's 50 pounds already and that's the size with, of our other dog yeah i was gonna say my dog who you also saw in the photos Minnie is about 60 pounds, and she's five years old. Right, exactly. So we're not sure how big she's going to get, but recently she's been losing her teeth, Ah. which is like an alarming thing, but a totally natural part of puppyhood. Um, Right, because they're baby teeth. Like puppies have baby teeth just like humans have baby teeth. Exactly. It's a weird thing to think of. I just assume dogs are born with their canines. Incorrect. In, incorrect. Incorrect, yeah. No, we've, like, found them in her water dish, um, in her oh. food, on her brother dog. Oh, poor Oliver. So, yeah, so they that play a lot. Guy. But, yeah, so that's what's new with me. Well, yeah. that's exciting. And we have our producer or the librarian behind the curtain, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi. So what's new with you? What's been happening? Well, I was on vacation last week, and <gasps> I climbed the second tallest mountain in Vermont. Vermont. What's the name of the mountain? It is called the Camel's Hump, and it really looks like the hump of a camel. You can see like, it from all over, and there it was. Oh, so it's like a. So I always assume that mountains are like peaked. Is it rounded at the top? It then? is rounded oh. at the top. I think um, the taller they are, really, they, you kind of see the peaks. It was mm-hmm. four thousand feet, so it's a lot okay. of climbing. Pretty tall mountain. Yeah, not quite a mile. Not uh, no, but, but close enough. Uh, up up the mountain it was three and a half miles. Oh, though, you're like because you're like winding yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. you wind around. You're not going around. like straight up. Top. You don't climb straight up. We weren't we're not mountaineers. We were climbing a trail. <gasps> Disappointed. But it, it was a lot of rock bouldering and on the way back down my son slipped on the rocks. <gasps> oh no. He's all right. We just got a little scuff, but oh. it slowed us down a little. Did, did the air feel thinner up there? Uh it did a little. Weird. Yeah, isn't that yeah. weird? It is weird. <laughs> It is weird, but you know, it was in the cloud. I just said I'm standing in a cloud right now. You couldn't see anything. What else did you do in Vermont? Uh, well, we went to Ben and Jerry's factory, which I highly recommend. Ooh, a must, really. Yes. yes. Yeah, and All we ate ice cream. Lots of ice cream. As you should. On vacation, that should be like your number one priority is to eat as much ice cream as your stomach can tolerate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what's new with you, Courtney? Well, um, this goes back to the whole teeth thing. Um, I had the most exciting thing of being an adult, a root canal. Um, Zero out of ten, do not recommend. So brush and floss your teeth, kids and adults who are listening. But what they do is in your root canal, like it's from obviously a cavity that has taken over my tooth, is they drill in and they kill the nerves in your tooth. It's not fun. Um, don't recommend. And then they put like a crown over it. So they put like a fake tooth over it. Um, I did have a minor panic attack before. Not a real panic attack. But I it was like, they're not going to be able to put anything there. I'm going to have a gap tooth smile. And I was real worried about it. And the dentist was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll just put a crown over it. No big deal. And I was like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> this is a big deal a to me. Deal. But yeah, that is what's new with me. So when I was a child, I got a pulpectomy, which is essentially what when that even? happens to a baby tooth. 
So mm. definitely brush and floss, kids. Brush and floss. Um, but yeah, they, instead of removing it, because the tooth under it wasn't ready yet, they wanted to like protect anything that would grow in, and they did that same thing. But I think it's much easier, because it was a baby tooth, and it was kind of like, you know, Ooh. loosey-goosey in there, like baby teeth are, so. Huh. Gosh. Dentist is not my favorite place to be. No offense to any dentists that might be listening, or p- people have parents who are dentists, but it's just not a fun place to be. <laughs> People's hands in my mouth. It's hard, too, when you're chatty and you want to chat with them, but your mouth Luckily, they didn't chat with oh, me while didn't. they were doing okay. the things because my mouth was literally wide open the whole nice time. Them, yeah. So they didn't try and talk to me. And he was also, like, doing some heavy work on my teeth. Like, when they're cleaning your teeth, like, yeah, they're paying attention, but I feel like it's not quite as intensive as, like, drilling down into my mouth. <laughs> and, like, they also, like, shape the to- like the tooth part that's left there and so it was like this little like triangle type thing it felt so weird because I had a break between when they were done with that and when they put the crown on and oh I was like goodness. feeling it with my tongue and I was like this is I don't like this was it one of those things where you just like couldn't stop touching yeah. it with your tongue yes yeah. oh yeah Ugh. for sure yeah okay now but- that we have terrified anybody who doesn't <laughs> like tea should we answer some Sorry. questions Answer some questions. Uh, I think yeah. that's probably yeah. what people came here for. Our first question here is from June, and we're going to let June ask the question. My name is June. I am nine years old, almost ten. My KDL branch is Rockford. My question is, how long does it take for lemons to go bad after being picked? Okay, June, that is a wonderful question. And as someone who buys a lot of lemons at the grocery store and then worries when I'm like, okay, how long ago did I buy that? Is this bad? Because you can't tell. Like, from looking at a lemon, if it's still, like, not completely mushy, I don't know. Um, but so, first of all, lemons are grown on trees. Um, and before I get to the root of your answer, June, I'd like to tell you what I learned about lemon trees from the lovely Jill and all the research that she did. Um, because we didn't know this, that lemons are evergreen trees. Did you know that, Emily? I didn't know that. I feel like I know a lot about lemons, but though as I'm saying that, I don't know that I do because I didn't know that. Well, they are evergreens, and they produce fruit all year round. Um, They bloom throughout the year, and fruit can be picked from then about five to ten times in a year. Wow. Um, But lemon trees do not produce fruit the first year you plant them. It usually takes them about three to five years to produce fruit, to produce the lemons. Um, and they're cultivated, which means that they don't just grow in the wild. You can't just, like, you know, walk on down in Florida or California and just see a wild lemon tree growing like you can with, like, palm trees and things like that. Or, you know, like, in Michigan, we have, like, apple trees and people go foraging for berries and things like that. You can't really do that with lemons. So um, they're grown in orchards. Um, and the climate in coastal Italy and California are the best places for growing lemons, although they will grow in most tropical or subtropical regions in the world. Um, the fruit is yellow, and it is ripe, which I did Great know color. that. I did know that. That is a good color. And those lemons are sold immediately. So when it turns yellow, those ones are sold immediately. A fresh lemon, here's the answer to your question, June, will last on your counter for two to four weeks. In your fridge, though, it can last one to two months. So a bit bit of a wide range there. Um, But most fruit that is grown in either California or Florida, which is where we get a lot of our fruits and vegetables um, because of their climate, is shipped all over the country. Those lemons 
aren't picked when they're ripe. You know why? Would they go bad too quickly then? Yeah. So, like, they're picked when they're not ripe because by the time they get to, you know, your Meyer or your Spartan store or Kroger or whatever your preferred grocery store is, if they pick them when they were ripe, by the time they get here from California, they would be a lot closer to those, like, four weeks out probably. And that makes sense. I We always have lemons at our house. We always have a newish lemon and a lemon that is, like, about to mold. And they have, we leave them out on the counter. I feel like it happens fairly quick because it's in kind of a warmer spot. So that makes sense that they couldn't make that journey yeah. all the way. Um, yeah. So, June, we did answer your question. But we found more interesting facts about lemons, which we love a good interesting random fact on this podcast. You will find out. First is you can grow a lemon tree in your home. So don't plant it in your garden because it will not survive the winter in Michigan. Um, But if you get a nice big pot, you can grow the lemon tree in your home if you're in Michigan. If you're in a warmer climate, um, like you're in Florida or California, you're listening to our podcast. Um, I'd also like to know how you found the podcast, because that is great (laughs) news. Um, But in Michigan, yep, welcome. But in Michigan, don't plant this in your backyard. Another interesting fact is there are a lot of varieties of lemons. So I didn't know this they all kind of look the same but the kind that you're most likely to think of when you think of a lemon is what you see in a grocery store and that's either lisbon or eureka lemons um those lemons have very thick skin and they can travel well to grocery stores because if their skin is thick they can handle like the jostling in the boxes as they make their way across the country um they're pretty similar and they are both sour lemons. The Meyer lemon is a sweeter lemon. It has a thinner skin, and you won't see it too often in a grocery store um, because of that thinner skin. So, like, the fruit beneath the skin is more likely to be bruised or damaged. Um, and there is also a pink variegated, I hope I said that word right, lemon, which is pink on the inside. Also a very good color. Yes, also a nice color. Instead of yellow, but there are lots of different variations in the world. But our producer, Jill, has a story to tell us about lemons. So, Jill, what is your uh, interesting story about lemons? Please share. Okay, Will. Now, I like to make pies. I think you knew this about me. Yes, yes I did. Jill's an excellent pie maker. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm about to tell you about the worst pie I've ever made. <gasps> yes. So, I have a pie book, and my goal is to make every pie in the book. Working, a lot of pies. Working towards that. And so there was a pie in there, and it was called a shaker lemon pie. And I, I really like lemon. It's delicious. It is, yeah. And mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this lemon pie. It called for using the rhymes in the pie. And oh, not just like the zest. Right, not the zest, oh, which the is, you know, you scrape the rind. Nope, the whole rind. Just slice up the lemon, put it in the pie. But that kind of makes it like a marmalade, right? And it's like becomes a marmalade pie. Yeah, kind of, because Mm -hmm. uh, you actually let the lemons, the full lemons, soak in sugar for 24 hours. So then it it would like uh, really gel like a a marmalade. Um, So I made, I was flabbergasted because as you said about the thick skin of the Lisbon uh, lemons at the grocery store, like, how can this be good to eat all this yeah. rind? Think about eating an orange rind or just eating that 
Nice yeah, and some rind. oranges have like thin rind. Yeah. Some have those really. I thick do want to say I love eating the pith, which is that rind of oranges. Um, really? I do. That's the I, white part. Isn't it, it is the like yeah. The white but what about the orange part? You like eating that? Don't like eating that. No, 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 no. good. Yeah, but no this good. pie called for all of all that. Of it. Wow, all it's of like it. biting into a lemon, like it's an apple. You're right, essentially, mm-hmm. and you don't. Oh, do, you just don't do like that. So my teeth, my poor teeth. I made this pie and. It was awful. It tasted just like you would expect, just eating rind, and it was awful. And then I did this research, and I went back and looked at the recipe. You know what it calls for? Meyer Meyer lemons with that real thin rind. So I'm going to have to try this pie again, maybe when I'm in Florida or something where I can get my hands on some of these lemons. Or could you grow a Meyer lemon tree in your house and then in, and then wait in a three few years? I might try. have to because I got I got to make all the pies in this book. So right, I, how many pies have you made from the book so far? I don't know the number. That's a good that question. I haven't counted. Ill planned. Well, if you I, want to get through them all, I will. I will slowly make my way yeah. through them. Jill has taught taught me how to make an apple pie. It's the only pie I've ever made. Under her supervision, her very careful supervision as well. All right. Well, that's it. I'm sorry that your pie turned out poorly, but um, well, now I know. Why. Now I know for uh, next time. So thank you for that, uh, June. I really yeah. appreciate that. Super unpopular opinion, um, and I almost don't want to say it because I feel like I <sighs> might be disbanded from this podcast. I don't like pie, so <gasps> I bet you that lemon pie would have been like right up my alley because I wouldn't liked it anyway. <laughs> I like. It's fresh fruit. I li- I think I, it's like this sweet is and beautiful. I know. I don't know how to. I feel love about to make this. pies. I don't want to eat them unless they're chocolate pies. That's I do not yeah. discriminate against desserts. Mm. Any kind. Either. I might have discriminated against that lemon pie as soon as you told me the whole <laughs> lemon was in the pie. I might have been like, you know, respectfully declined. <laughs> uh, we did. In fact, the crust is very good. I make a good crust. I'm just gonna admit that and uh we just went ahead and scraped out <laughs> the lemon sauce was good so we yeah. just kind of ate a lemon flavored uh pie crust oh, okay. that was mm. it was fine fine all right jill um you've shared a lot of facts but i feel like you have another pe- pack fact of the day i do have a fact of the day and this fact of the day comes from weird but true usa which is a national geographic kids book that you can find in the library put this on hold kdl.org and it has 300 fascinating facts about the 50 states. And I felt that this was a very appropriate fact based on our last conversation. And it is 35% of Americans say they have eaten pie for breakfast, a survey found. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, I was curious about this statistic. So I did a little searching and I found the survey because I felt that was important. Quite. And I think so. This was a 2008 survey. So these statistics are old, and I, I really hope that this number has gone has up. Has gone up. You know, I As think with, with how the years have been going recently, with the pandemic, that I am sure a lot more people are eating pie for breakfast. I hope so. I yes. think you should. Get them through the day. Yeah. But uh, this survey was put uh, by Crisco and the American Pie Council, which... I didn't know that that was a thing, and I need to be involved in that. I was going to say, Jill, you need to join. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so important fact of the day. Check this book out from the library. Yeah, the fact that that percentage seems low. I mean, especially like after Thanksgiving and you've got like all that pumpkin or apple pie or whatever type of pie your family makes. Perfect breakfast the next day. Eat it hot, eat it cold. 
Who cares? Anyways, we have more questions to mm-hmm. answer. Emily, did you have some more? I just wanted to say that sparging thoughts I feel about bad pies. about the pie thing because I I grew up in the Traverse City area <gasps> and they you should feel bad. I now. know they they make cherry pies. There's like the I don't know if it's still the world's largest cherry pie, but they have like Probably. the pie pan from that pie that they made way back in the day. Um, what about a cobbler? Do you like a good cobbler? I feel like that's like kind of the same thing. Adjacent. I don't want my oh my, my fruit sweetened in any way. But I do like like the oatmeal-y cobblery top. Or no, that's a what that's, that's not a crisp. A, that's a crisp. Thank you. I do like a crisp top. All right. Well, we're going to Should we ask, ask another question? Yeah. Let's do that. Yes, can we please move on? I feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> guilty enough. All that's right. Fine. So this question comes from Paige, who's 11 and is a patron at Byron, our Byron Center branch. And she asks, who is the person who has lived the longest? All right, Paige, that was an excellent question. And I will tell you who that person is in a moment. But first, can we talk about life expectancy? So life expectancy is how long you expect to be alive. And the average life expectancy around the world has, over the course of time, dramatically increased in the last 150 years or so. If you think about that, think about the development of different medicines, of technology, and just access to clean water, um, access to health care, and things like that. And it did increase in industrialized countries first, so countries like the United Kingdom, um, a lot of European countries and um, Asian countries saw that increase first before some of the more like uh, countries in Africa and things like that, where the like, resources took a little bit longer to develop. They didn't have quite the access. Um, and today those inequalities still exist, but they're a lot less. Um, people can now expect to live longer um, than they could you know, in the 1700s, for example, um, because we live in a global society. So, you know, medicine and things like that are shipped around the world. People are getting more access to clean water because clean water is very, 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 very important. Essential. It is. Yeah. It's essential for life, as we learned when we talked about is there life on other planets. That is one of the things that life, as we know it, um, needs to survive. But... According to data from Our World in Data, the life expectancy of a person in the late 1700s was about 30 years old. So had the three of us lived in the 1700s, we would likely, I mean, maybe one of us would still be alive. Because again, that's the average. So like an average means that there are people that live less long, like live lives that are shorter and there are people that live lives that are longer. But on average, 30 years old. Not, not, Not a fun thing. No, can you think of all the things you'd have to like cram in that thirty years? That yeah, I mean, there was no got... Disney World then. Oh, that's true, also, that's so true. like, take that off your list in seventeen hundred. It's a relief, really. Oh, no, no, there's few, fewer, fewer things to go to as well. You know, there weren't airplanes, so you couldn't travel as well. So I feel like their bucket lists might not have been quite as expansive as ours are mm. in the twenty first century. Ever expanding, really. I truly are. Um, but it had increased, and since 1900s, um, which is about 121 years ago, the average global life expectancy has more than doubled. So in 2019, the country with the lowest life expectancy on average was Central African Republic at the age of 53, um, while the highest was Japan at almost 85 years old as an average. 
Um, in the U.S. in 2019, the average was about 79 years old. In Canada, well, it's first of all, do you think Canada was higher or lower than the United States? I'm going to say higher just because I really like Canada. <laughs> you would be correct. The life expectancy average in Canada for 2019 was 82.4 years, so almost three years more. Um, in Egypt, it was about 72 years. In Tanzania, it was about 65 and a half. Bolivia, which is in South America, was about 71.5. Um, Panama was 78.5. And Korea was about 83 years. So if you want to live long, I would suggest Canada or um, you know, Southeast Asia has some pretty high life expectancies. Now, did you find anything about women living longer than men? Oh, I didn't look into that. Because mm. I think that was a thing. But I also wonder if that comes from like way back in the day when, when men would be doing lots Hunters. of physical labor. Yeah, physical labor and women mm-hmm. were more keeping home. Yep, but but there is childbirth and I know that that you know, yes. can drastically bring down. I can drastically bring that down. Yeah. You know what else can bring down life expectancies? Um, pandemics. Pandemics, So yeah. like when the Spanish flu um, was around for that year, the life expectancy went down severely, but it did rebound back up. It wasn't like, you know, like it was a, if you a look dip. at a chart, there's a big dip and then it goes back up. So things like that and like the plague and um, things like that do have an effect on that. Um, and now researchers are very interested in learning just how long humans can live. So what's the maximum amount of years? Um, do you think that we can live to be 100 on average ever? Do you think that'll ever be a thing? Like the um, average I, life expectancy is one. I wonder if someday it will be, what with like medicine and medical advances. But I don't know about like the quality of life then. Like right. that mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a big question to me. But I think maybe eventually. Yeah. What about two hundred? Do you think someone could live to be two hundred years old? No. Yeah. I feel like eventually your your body just like is it's you yeah. know, dying. Exactly. So, so research researchers have found that if you take away like all of the risks involved in life. So illnesses, car accidents, anything like that. The body does slow down and that they predict that between 120 and 150 is about when your body just starts slowing down. Um, so yeah, we we currently don't think that you can live you know to be 200 years old currently plus our body like we it all works together so like even if you say like replace something like it still has to work together with those older parts exactly so the researchers from the university of washington are pretty confident that the record will be broken and the current record for the person who has lived the longest is i don't know if i'm going to say this right because it's a french name so it could be Jeanne calment of France, who lived to be 122 years old plus 164 days um, before she passed away in 1997. So researchers are pretty sure that that record will be broken. The current living person, or the oldest living person, is Kane Tanaka of Japan, who is 118 years old. And that's as of July 21st, 2021, when I did this research. So when you listen to this, hopefully that has not changed just putting it out there that it can change and so these people these two people because they've and other people um because they've lived over the age of 110 they're called super centarians but there is a 68 percent likelihood that someone could live to be 127 years old there's a 68 percent 68 percent likelihood 
Um, But it's really unlikely that someone will live to be 135 Mm -hmm. years old. Yeah, so, you know, plan for for the end to be around 100. um, Or, you know, if you live in the United States, closer to 79. But there's a lot. There's a lot you can do. Like in seventy nine years, I think There's you can so go to ma- Disney oh, World so many so times, so many times, so many times. You can so go to Disney World, Disneyland. There's one in France. There's you one in France. There's one too. in Japan. Yeah, it'll be a great time. <laughs> but who's read a good book recently? I'm reading a good one right now. All right, Joe, let us tell us about your book, please. Okay, this is going to be a very quick discussion of this book because we have another question to get to. <gasps> we do. So this book is called Spindlefish and Stars, and it's by Christina Andrews. It is a sci-fi fantasy book, and it starts out with a girl and her dad. They live in a town, and they just leave the towns that they live in. And it can happen in a night, and then they go to another town, and they never make connections there. And you don't know why. I still don't know why. I'm about halfway through, and I don't know why they, they do this. But one night it's a it's a leaving night and she knows she's going to jump the fence and leave but her dad doesn't meet her at the at the spot where they <gasps> always meet Ooh. and that's all i'm gonna give you you'll have to read it and find out what happens to her next chloe her name is chloe and she goes off on this adventure on her own without her dad oh wow yeah. that sounds like a, an excellent book yeah it's, I have a lot of questions about that, but I'm not going to ask little, about them. I'm it's a read little it. magical. Yeah. And uh-huh. so there's right. things that happen that I'm like, what is happening? As anytime you start a fantasy book, I always feel like you have to figure out the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I like a good little little mystery in there, too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so let's get to our last question for the day. This question is from Bob, who's 11, from East Grand Rapids. And his question is, do pigs go in ponds? Well, Bob, this is an excellent question. I had a lot of fun researching it. Um, I'm going to get right down to the answer right away, but then I'm going to give you some more information on pigs and some other animals that like to go in ponds and other bodies of water. So, yes, pigs do go in ponds. That makes sense. Yeah. um, It turns out that not only can't, like, do they go in ponds, but they may like to go in a pond. pond. They're excellent swimmers. They love to swim, which kind of surprised me. I Hmm. kind of thought, like, they're very, like, sturdy animals, um, I didn't think they'd be so, like, graceful and buoyant in the water. I oh, thought they might. They like and, to and romp in the mud, too. They do know, like to romp around. in the mud. They don't have very big feet, either. So no, I'm they really don't. like, how would they paddle? But no, apparently they're excellent swimmers. I wonder um, if they're just very buoyant. I think that's, that's okay. it. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like, they look quite fat, but they have, like, a lot of muscle, so that there I was kind of like well how do they float but yeah they're just they're just wonderfully buoyant and then they use their little legs to swim around so Bob I don't know if you have a pig um, and a pond um, but I bet you your pig would like to venture into that pond if you do have that on that uh, there was an interview with a professor from Texas A&M University um, who talked about pigs in Texas and how some years ago there was a flood and a lot of those pigs ended up swimming like through the flood to higher grounds. Oh, yeah, so it didn't really, you know, affect them very much. They were able to just swim swim out of the flooding. Um, there's also an island in the Bahamas called Big Major K Island. I don't know if maybe you've heard about this, Courtney. No. Well, you can go and swim with 
pigs. They're <laughs> wild pigs. You can, yeah, you can visit the Bahamas and then swim with these pigs. Um, I feel like most people go to the Bahamas to swim with dolphins. It, yeah. I'm, I'm just throw that out there. Well, here's another I've another. never heard anyone say, oh, I'm going to the Bahamas to swim with the pigs. With the pigs. And they're cute. You'll have to look up some videos. Like, I was going to say, I'm going like, to need a spotted. video. Yeah, they're very adorable. Of them swimming um, with their little legs. Yeah, their little tiny pig legs. Yeah. There is some like underwater shots, too, so you can see their oh, little perfect. legs really going. But yeah, people will like feed them, and so they've become accustomed to swimming with tourists and coming up to boats. Uh, they're not really sure how the pigs ended up there. They think that maybe... Long time ago, when there was big ships passing through, they would leave pigs there so that they could like restock back up on the way back, um, which is a much better idea than probably just having like a bunch of pigs on board. Can you imagine being on a, a ship with a bunch of pigs? Ooh, the smell <laughs> would be terrible. They wouldn't um, have any mud to roll around. They wouldn't in. have It'd any be so mud. hot. Yeah, and that's uh. how they they cool down. So yeah. they would need something. Um, but yeah, so they're not sure how they got there. But you can, in fact, go to the Bahamas and swim with these pigs. Um, and from there, I started to think about, well, what other animals swim that I don't necessarily think about when I think of swimming animals? Because I think of, like, dolphins and fish and, and whatnot. So um, I did a little more research. And the way my train of thought went is I thought, well, pigs like to swim. And what other, like, thick-bodied animals? Well, hippos are pretty big, and they kind of look like pigs. Maybe they're related. Do they like to swim? So I had to go. Yeah, they, well, because you see them in water yeah. all the time. I remember way back in college that I learned that uh, not that pigs are related to hippos, but hippos are related to whales. So they are actually the closest living relatives to each other. Uh, Interesting. I know. They are not um, ancestors of one another, but about uh, 65 million years ago, and I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong. Let's give it a try. Um, 65 million years ago, there was an ancestor to many animals, pigs, giraffes, antelopes, camels, hippos, um, called Artiodactyles, I believe. Sounds Um, right. Yeah, that sounds good, right? Yep. (laughs) And then... Uh, 40 million years ago is when... It's a short tick ago. It know. just I know. This is all, you know, Not considering that, that the, the world is 4.5 something billion years old, um, it's really just a short amount of time in, in the life of our world. 65 million years ago, they branched off. So like camels and pigs and giraffes all kind of went one way. And then hippos, um, what would become a hippo and what would become a whale branched off this other way. And so they, of course, about 40 million years ago have split off even more. To begin with, neither of them were, were aquatic animals. Like they didn't go in the water. Um, they lived on the land. Um, but over time, they started to become the whales and hippos that we know and love today. So yeah, hippos love to swim. Obviously, whales love to swim. Yes. But hippos uh, can also be found in, I think it's Gabon, Africa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either. But they will body surf in the waves in the ocean. Another video to look up. I know, more videos to look up, which I have also seen. And it's just delightful because hippos don't really look happy or upset. They kind of just look like content with whatever. Yep. And so to see them like body surfing on on a wave is pretty fantastic. Oh, I love that. So there's more. This one is maybe a little concerning for either you or Jill or any of our listen listeners. Um, there's another animal. It's a spider. Oh. Yes. Um, and in general, spiders, I think they can, like with water tension, they can stay on top of water, but they yeah. don't really mess with 
like swimming. swimming or eating things out of the water. Well, there's a spider called a fish-eating spider. Oh, I don't like that. That does just that. Oh. Um, it eats fish, of course, little fish. And this spider is called a generalist predator, so it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily going for the fish. It'll also go after bugs that have fallen in and capture those. But every so often it gets lucky and it will like actually dive in and get um, fish out of the water. And then I have just a, a couple more animals that I couldn't leave off the list. There's also a fish called, or a cat called a fishing cat that lives in Asia. And these are really cool because they attract the fish by tapping the top of the water to kind of oh. make it seem like insects. And that'll bring the fish up and then they'll That's dive in and get cat. them. Yep. And the other animal is moose. I feel like we all might know that moose swim, but I did read that moose do a pretty cool thing when they are pregnant. Um, a lot of times the moose moms will swim across to like an island if there's an island nearby to, to stay away from predators while they give oh, birth. That's so smart. my goodness. So yes, pigs do go in ponds. <laughs> and also there's all these board. other cool animals yes. <laughs> that also like to swim. To swim. Wow. What a great question. So we learned a lot today. What was the favorite thing that you learned today, Emily? Well, so I actually liked uh, when you were talking about lemons and talking about how, like, the thicker skin makes it easier for them to travel. Because then it made me think about how I like to eat that thick skin on other citrus. And it's probably beneficial that it's thick so that it can ship all the way to me for me to eat it. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. What Has about you? Quite a way. Um, I really like the hippo's body surfing tidbit which not related i mean slightly related to our questions but um and also that pigs like swimming because i'm just picturing these happy little pigs swimming with tourists in the bahamas they getting fed like bananas and papayas or whatever tropical fruit is there i'm sure they love it so much um so yeah we learned quite a lot today yeah it's been fun so I guess that's it. That was all of our questions for today. Mm-hmm. As always, you can visit kdl.org forward slash stump for more information and to submit a question um, and your chance for us to read it and answer it on, on the air here. Um, so tune into the next episode when we answer more of your questions. And as always, we would like to thank J.D. Delinsky for our intro music, the KDL Amy Van Andel branch for letting us do our podcast in their podcast room, and also the KDL Marketing Department for making our lovely logo. Yeah, and thanks to Paige, Bob, and June for submitting those great questions. Um, Make sure you tune in next week, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.